everyone. Welcome to the Wrong Kind of Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Martin, and today we have Arthur Aston with us, and he is the host of Our View Podcast, along with uh, several other things, as I'm coming to find out. And thanks, Arthur, for being on the show today. We are really excited to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. I really uh, appreciate this opportunity to uh, join you and your listeners today. Please tell, so I, I, I told you right before we started that I was listening to your podcast. I just kind of, uh, we, we met, quote unquote, met on Facebook just a couple of days ago. And so I was listening to your podcast and I am just, well, I'm a little jealous at some of your guests and uh, really excited about what you're doing. So will you tell tell all of us kind of what Our View podcast is and how you got started and all that's behind it? Yes, absolutely. So uh, my name is Arthur Aston, and I am the host of the Our View podcast. The podcast developed uh, in the middle of the pandemic in 2020. Uh, <laughs> as a result of, uh, like everybody, we all had to uh, change our scheduled plans for 2020. Um, but the Our View company started 10 years ago, going on 11 years this year, uh, back in 2010, where I saw the need to uh, share my own story. I was born with spina bifida back in 1981. I was not expected to live past the age of 15. And um, so I will actually be 40 years old this year, which is crazy Woo-hoo. to think about. Yeah, yeah, it's something, uh, you know, I love to say, and I'm excited to say it. So, uh, but 10 years ago, I had a, a conversation with my nephew, who was nine years old at the time, and he um, he didn't understand why the kids at his school were staring at me when I came to pick him up one day. And he got very upset by it. And he, you know, he was saying, well, they, they don't know you and they don't see that you drive a car and that you do all these things. And I said, you're absolutely right. They don't know me, but you do. So you have to uh, go to school tomorrow and tell them about who I am, and that I picked you up in my car, that we travel and we go on trips together and things like that. So it hit me at that moment where people have to see a different perspective of disabilities, because especially children, if they don't have that interaction with someone who has a disability, how will they know what crutches are or what a wheelchair is? So that's where I came up uh, with the help of a friend of mine to see the world from our view. And our view is the view of people who live with disabilities. And uh, for 10 years, I was raising awareness in schools here in in New Jersey and working with companies to help them better uh, serve their customers who have disabilities and also their employees. And in the schools, I was helping children um, learn that that although we have differences, we are more alike than we are different. Um, as, As I mentioned, 2020, that all came to a halt. I could no longer go in person. Uh, but I still wanted to make sure my message was being reached uh, by a, a large number of people. So that's when I created the podcast in June, just to uh, raise awareness, educate, and change the tone of conversation about disabilities. That's what my mission is with Our View as a whole, and uh, it definitely has continued with the uh, creation of the podcast. I shared with you uh, right before we started recording that I have a, a bonus son who has some some pretty serious special needs. And we've kind of, uh, you know, our girls have grown up with him just, he's about to be 14 and um, he has, well, he has Down syndrome and epilepsy and just a whole lot of issues. So he's developmentally, he's anywhere, depending on which specific uh, area we're looking at, he's anywhere from about 10 months to, I don't know, maybe a year and a half-ish range. 
but you know, he goes to school and the kids love him once they get to know him, right? But he, right. he, you know, he has all this equipment that has to travel with him. And so at first he's a little scary. And so we've actually had to have those conversations with parents before, like, it's okay that your kid's staring and it's okay that they ask questions. Like we don't, we don't mind if they ask questions. We would much rather you allow them to ask us questions about him rather than like shush shush, like it's a shaming thing and it's okay. We can talk about it. It's not a big deal. So this is kind of personal for me and I just love what you're doing with this. And I, I really do hope that you can take this beyond your region because I saw that like some of the things you're, you do, you go in and you talk to the kids. You also talk to staff, right? Like teachers yes. and or maybe not even just in the schools, but like potentially you're doing this across all kinds of, you know, s- stores and, and I don't know, churches or whatever it is that you, yes. that, seminars that, basically. Exactly. And that is, um, that's really what I want to accomplish because as an adult, as I said, I'll be 40 years old. I live on my own. I go grocery shopping. I eat at restaurants. I go to church. I go to the movies. <laughs> I um, People with disabilities are active and they're in your communities. So we need to make things more accessible for them. Uh, we need to have uh, customer service representatives be more accommodating for people with disabilities. And uh, you know, retail stores are some of the worst, especially at Christmas time with the, the displays and everything. And with my wheelchair, it's hard to get through and you bump into things. So just to help help the retail stores, as an example, uh, better design their, their layouts, just so that, you know, people with wheelchairs can effectively get through the store because we have money to shop with as well. So and they do want your money. <laughs> right. Yes. You want our money and we have money to spend as well. We don't have a lot, maybe, but we <laughs> <Sure>. have. <laughs> At least we not do, right now, right? <laughs> right. We do like to spend money. And, but it's, it's just easier sometimes to get into other stores than it is uh, other stores. So it's just, um, you know, so, so to raise that awareness and, make them and that's what happens i think it's the lack of awareness of saying like oh yeah this is a kind of tight fit so maybe we should widen that aisle a little bit and not put that display there so that is exactly the message that i am um hoping to get across in, in doing these uh seminars and workshops i i love it i saw that i, I was looking through your blog and um uh, your last i don't know maybe it was your last one i saw something to do with the election stuff and just the percentages and this the data that you have in there about how many, you know, we even live with it in our home. And I just didn't realize, I don't think that the, there's so many people who have some sort of, of a disability who, you know, this year was um, maybe a little different for them as far as being able to, to vote, especially with all the COVID stuff. So this year, not even really people with disabilities, just disabilities, but right. it's just amazing to me, the amount of um, the amount of us that there are who need yes. some accommodations and yeah um it's uh, worldwide it's uh, 15% of the population has some type of disability within the United States i believe it's somewhere around 25% uh that have some type of disability and that includes vision impairments hearing impairments um you know from the um being completely blind or completely deaf to just needing glasses or the use of a, a, a hearing aid of some kind so it, it does, it spans a wide range of, uh, of people. 
within the United States. And it's just, uh, as you said, within the last year, it's just, it, it has really impacted everybody. Um, and especially, I think, those uh, with uh, disabilities. This this last year has been uh, quite difficult to, um, you know, to make things happen and to just uh, get out and enjoy <laughs> enjoy life and, and get moving. So it's, uh, it is. And that, that's what I, another thing, as, as I said, I like to uh, bring that to people's awareness that that yeah, people with disabilities are a, a very large number of uh, of the population. Yes, I oh, we uh, a guy locally that my my husband happens to know. He was in a car accident many many years ago, and you know lost legs and all all that. So, but he has um, probably one of the nicest sports cars in our area, and so the kids are always like, "How does he even drive that?" And I'm like, "Well." He's got special equipment in there. So, right. I mean, it's just kind of cool to see that there's so many things that, uh, you know, you can learn it and, and be exposed to it in a way that's just very, uh, you know, kind of normalize everything. Yes. And sure, we want awareness of it. We want you just to be aware to be accepting of it, I guess. Like, it, it just accept that they're still out there and that you're going to see them. And it's not, not scary. And it's not, um, you know, you don't have to be embarrassed about asking questions. I mean, sure, we don't want people to like constantly stop us in the stores and have, <laughs> but if you have, you know, we, we understand that some people haven't seen, you know, all the stuff that we, at least for our kiddo, sometimes we're taking, you know, he, he eats through G-tube and stuff like that. So they're always very, very questioning about what exactly are you plugging into his stomach? Like my husband has even like teased nurses before and um, told them that if they didn't, uh, button up his little Mickey tube thing that, that they were going to let the air out. And for just a moment, like, you know, that they know better, but for right. just a moment, they're like, am I, gonna let, like, am I letting the right. air out of this kid? What's going <laughs> on here? Is that really going to happen? Or? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. But I saw that your core values, you have, what is it? Six of them here. So education, we've talked about that one for sure. Collaboration. What is that all about for you? Collaborating with who? Collaborating with, um, in the schools, collaborating with this, the staff and the teachers and the administration, just to, it, it's, I don't want it to be a one-sided thing. I don't want to just come in and, you know, obviously my approach is not like, oh, you're doing this wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. Um, I, I want to know what can I help them with? What do they need assistance with? Um, you know, that, that's the big thing. Um, and even in, in the companies, I, I work with uh, one of the local grocery stores and working with their uh, labor relations department. You know, what do you need? What do you need assistance with is my question. How can I help you serve your customers better, serve your employees better? Uh, are And in the schools, are there any students who are being bullied or picked on for their disabilities? What can, you know, what can we talk about uh, to help make that better, to, to bring a better understanding for the students of, you know, little Johnny has a spina bifida and he has to use a wheelchair because his leg muscles are weak. And what it, that's what it comes down to. It's just uh, working together, I think, and, and making it not, like I said, not coming in as an attack, but, but how can I help you and what do you need help with? Because some things might not be an issue that I plan on talking about, so I don't want to waste their time with <laughs> saying stuff they already know. So that yeah. that's a big part of the uh, collaboration as aspect of my uh, core values. I think I understand the compassion aspect. I mean, that's a lot about the awareness and just letting people 
kind of you know, just know. And, and then once you, uh, it's kind of, um, I heard this quote a long time ago and I couldn't tell you who said it. I just know that it wasn't me. Uh, that said, like, the best way to combat racism is to love someone of a different race. And I think that's probably the same here. The best way to combat any kind of stigma about this is to love someone who potentially has some sort of disability. And from the percentages that you gave us, it sounds like we all probably have someone in our lives or in our circles. Yes. Yeah. And the, the main thing, too, to remember is there are, there are disabilities that you can see and disabilities you can't. So with me, I, I tell people, you can see me coming. Either I have my crutches with me or I'm in my wheelchair. So you can tell that my disability impacts my mobility. But there are people who have other disabilities, including uh, mental health diagnoses, that you cannot see just by looking at somebody. So to just really be compassionate to everybody and just... Uh, you know, extend the kindness to everybody because you never know, there's another quote, like you never know what somebody's facing uh, in their life. So it's just to uh, to be compassionate to, to everybody and just extend that love and patience and kindness because of, uh, you know, their disability might be something you can't see, such as autism. You can't see that on somebody until you begin a conversation with them and then you can start to, um, maybe see the different layers of, of the person and see where they, uh, you know, where, where their diagnosis might be autism or, or some other type of, of disability. Yes, absolutely. Uh, let's see what else. simplicity. What does that mean? Simplicity is that the, you're never too old or too young to learn. I have uh, spoken to, to that. Yes. <laughs> And, and, and the simplicity part comes in, I have, I have a way of, of teaching and educating everybody from a preschooler or a kindergartner to the oldest adult that you can think of. And, uh, you know, so my presentation that I do in schools for a preschool or a kindergarten or first grade looks a lot different than the presentation and conversation I'm having with high school students. Um, just because you know, high school students wouldn't sit through a coloring activity or uh, you know a puppet show or, or something like that, but uh, you know, and the high school student, I'm I'm educating them on. You're starting your career soon. You're going to college. If you're going to be an architect, make sure your buildings are accessible. You know, if you're going into hotel management and um, you know, or working at a uh, concert venue or management or, or a casino. Make sure these venues are accessible for people with disabilities, not just with people that use mobility devices. Make sure you have things that, that are uh, equipped to uh, help those who have hearing impairments and vision impairments. And make sure you have signs and, and everything that are clearly spelled out and, and large enough letters. And just to, uh, yeah, the simplicity is, is just the fact of, you know, breaking it down to your level of, whatever your level is. If you're a college student or senior management at a, you know, big company, just to uh, make it, make it, uh, make the information available to you on your level so that you understand it is uh, what the simplicity part is, is about. I really, I really like that you're not just educating people about, about the whole world of people with disabilities, but you're also, you're, you're really giving some practical application advice here. Like, and that I think is something that, um, you know, we sit through a lot of these seminars where they tell you 
kind of what you need to know, but then they, they just want you to go and do it and, and they don't really kind of guide you in that. It sounds like you have some very, um, some very specific ideas and sometimes that's people just need those as a starting place. Oh, well, if I need to do this, then maybe I need to do this and this too. And yes, I, I really appreciate that aspect of it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> the diversity thing, I think I, I, I mean, that's one of your, your core values, diversity. So um, what made you decide to list that as a specific core value? What made that important? For me, I, um, for those listening, I am African-American. Oh, that's am, right. They can't see you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I am I, not. Although my daughter is. So. <laughs> I almost, I almost forgot that they couldn't see me. So yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> but I am an African-American male who has a disability. So I am really a part of two minority groups, the disability community and the African-American community. And my experience as an African-American male with a disability, with a mobility disability, my experience will be different than a Caucasian female who has autism or who has uh, an, or a Caucasian male who has a hearing or vision impairment. So I think the diversity part for me is everybody's different and that's okay. <laughs> that's Every, the world a good place. Yes, right? yes, everybody's different and that's okay. And we have to learn about the differences and what makes my experience as the African-American male with a mobility disability, what makes my experience unique uh, versus uh, even someone, uh, an Asian female who also has spina bifida. It, it's, a different, um, it's a different experience for both of us. And both situations, both experiences are valid and they are okay. And that's what I think uh, stressing the diversity uh, part of just, like you said, that's what makes the world and that's what makes the world a, lot, a better place, just to embrace uh, all of the diversity that exists. I really, I think that sometimes we forget that we, um, diversity is more than just, you know, our top three, right? Uh, race, sex, and uh, sexual orientation, it seems lately to be the, mm -hmm. <laughs> the yeah. other hot topic ones, right? Like yeah. there's, a, there's so much more out there that makes us diverse than those three things. Absolutely. Yeah. I that really is so appreciate true. that. Yeah, that's so true that there are so many parts and even our, even our religions, our, our faith and, and that, that all makes us, yeah. And that's what makes us, um, that's what makes us diverse as well. And it's really important to acknowledge all of that in uh, in the conversations because um, as you said a, a lot of uh, I've, I've recently been caught up in the new there's a clubhouse app yes yeah. are you on clubhouse I am I'll have um, to follow you yes so so I've been caught up in the clubhouse app recently and there are a lot of uh, rooms related to diversity and I've been in those rooms and a lot of times they are missing conversations related to disabilities. <laughs> sure. And they're talking about gender and they're talking about, you know, um, women that, uh, you know, women climbing the corporate ladder and, and those types of conversations and having uh, people of color in power and uh, in, in, um, positions of, of power and authority. And it's just like, yeah, but what about me, like a person like me, a person of color and a person with a disability, you're not having, they're not having those conversations. So yeah, to, to acknowledge the different, the many different um, 
parts of diversity and what makes us diverse is, uh, you know, a conversation that definitely needs to be had more often. I, th- I mean, what a conversation for today, right? I mean, 2020, I don't know, it's, it was an eye-opening year, good it and was. bad, right? But right now we're all focused on all of the, um, the different race aspects, and we're all focused on the gender aspect, it seems yes. like right now. Like those are the two that, are, that are, uh, tend to be hot topics no matter where we go. Right. What an interesting addition that you get to add into that with the topic of, of disability. And the fact that you are willing to do that really says something about um, about your own character, I think. And I really, I do really love that you're doing this. Your last core value here that you have is empathy. What, what kind of, um, what are you looking for with that addition to your core values? I think it goes back to the compassion and um, just to be kind and to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Um, you know, it goes back to the conversation I had with my nephew uh, almost 11 years ago now, where it was, you know, those, those other children who didn't know me, they, they couldn't, they didn't know what my crutches were. And, you know, my nephew's first response was to defend me. And I'm like, first of all, I'm an adult. Like we, <laughs> Aww, but that says something about it his heart. It really does. And it was like, you know, I'm an adult, like it didn't bother me. It, it's bothering you so much more. And I, I appreciate that, that compassion and that empathy that you're having for me, thinking that it hurt my feelings. Um, you know, but I'm like, no, it, it, it didn't. I'm used to it. I've been getting stared at and looked at for a long time. <laughs> um, but I think in that moment, I think for sure, that's the first time it hit me. And I really put myself in those children's position where it was just like, okay, this is a guy and he's standing with these weird looking sticks hanging from his arm. They're probably in, you know, fourth or fifth grade, maybe. And they're probably looking like, what in the world is that? Yeah. <laughs> what is, what, what are happened those? to him? Yeah. yeah what happened to happen? him? I've never seen those before. And, but to my nephew, it was no big deal. He's grew up with me all his life. It's all he's known. And so I'm like, yeah, it, it's just, it, it looks weird to them. It's different for them. And I think for me, that was, um, and a point where I had to, you know, show empathy towards the other students. Yeah. yeah Cause I was just like, wait, they just really, um, they don't know. And, and then I, I, it hit me and I said, well, how can they know? And I said, okay, well, I have to start doing something. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like at this, at that moment, but it's like, I, I have to start doing something and making that change, uh, being the change you want to see in the world. And uh, so that's that's Michael where Jackson right there is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's really the the empathy. It's it's um just really uh, extending yourself beyond yourself to to see uh, a different perspective uh, from someone else's point of view. How did you go from deciding that this was something that needed to be done to making it happen? Like, how did you get our view to actually become? a thing um thankfully i have um um, i have many friends who are teachers (laughs) so i started there and it goes back to the networking sure (laughs) and uh it, it just started as 
you know, hey, I have a friend that wants to come in and talk about disabilities, and they would ask their, um, you know, their principals, and they're like, sure, like, yeah, let's have him do an assembly, or let's have him talk in your class all day. Uh, but then my friends started getting creative. I have a friend who's an English teacher who uh, read the, uh, her students read the Jackie Robinson story. It's called Jackie's Nine, where it talks about nine, uh, nine things that helped him get through life and, and just um, be successful. And I forget what, what the two things were, but she had me come talk about, I think they were like compassion and determination. And through me telling my story, and they were eighth graders, I believe, through me telling my own story, you had students in just about every single class that raised their hand and said something to the effect of, hey, that's kind of like the Jackie Robinson story. He was determined to get through things too. You know, my friend and I looked at each other like, yes, they got it. <laughs> like <laughs> it they could. understand, yeah, they understand it. They, they, they brought the two together. Like, oh my gosh, that's great. Um, I've, I've been in, um, uh, different schools have had like Science Day where they have different presenters talk about, um, you know, meteorology and, and all kinds of other different things, animal science. And then I came in to talk about how my spina bifida diagnosis uh, impacted my systems in my body. And so they're learning about the, um, the skeleton and the digestive system and the nervous system. And I got to talk about how my diagnosis impacts all of those systems in different ways. So uh, that's really how I, I got started uh, with getting everything going on, you know, every, get everything going. And it just really, uh, you know, certain schools would have me back every year. And it was really, uh, the week of respect is the first week in uh, October here in New Jersey, and it's about anti-bullying. So I have a school that I go to every um every first Friday in October, I go to that school and talk to their sixth graders. And they've had me back with the exception of 2020, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, they had me back. I, uh, that would have been my seventh year going back to that school. How cool is that? Yeah. So it's just, um, again, just networking and connecting with people and them believing in me and believing in um, my message that I'm, I'm trying to share and just knowing that my message and uh, the story I have to tell is uh, going to be impactful and helpful for, uh, for their students. And with, um, yeah, and with the companies, uh, it's just, again, networking and just talking to the people, uh, you know, the management and saying like, hey, it's really hard to get around your store. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I'm not the type, again, I'm not the type to attack people. I'm not the type to, you know, sue people and all that kind of thing. Um, but it's like, hey, let's, can we work together and try to figure this out? That's a uh, nice approach to that, though, because sometimes, I mean, I'm sure that they just don't even think about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they really don't. And uh, one of the grocery stores I uh, work with consistently um, I also, which I didn't mention, I have a second job <laughs> where I uh, work as executive director for a nonprofit that builds inclusive playgrounds. And we have, um, we've connected with a local grocery store and they have, um, they had me come in to, to do workshops with their employees. Uh, so again, it's all about the networking and uh, growing, growing my, my company, my, my business through uh, the networking. Uh, that I've been able to do. <laughs> you might, you, 
maybe weren't going to mention it, but I had it written down to to ask you about that. So you're the executive director of a nonprofit that you just talked about. Yes. You're also the general manager of, what is it, Camden County, New Jersey. Yes. Miracle League. What is that? Okay. So my job as executive director of uh, a nonprofit called Build Jake's Place We are in New Jersey, we build inclusive playgrounds. And what that means is we build playgrounds that are for everybody of every ability. And the main thing, uh, a few uh, things that that, uh, distinguish our playgrounds from your typical playground. One of the big things is that the surfacing on the playground is a non-latex rubber. So it allows anyone with any type of mobility device uh, to get around the whole area of the playground. When you have a typical playground, you see that it is uh, often, uh, the surfacing is often wood chips or gravel or some other material that people on crutches cannot get through or have difficulty getting through and a wheelchair is definitely not passing through. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, so so we eliminate that barrier and uh, we also have ramps on Uh, the main structure of the playground that will take you up to the highest level on the playground structure. And then we have, yeah, so then we have a um, pieces of equipment that uh, speak to different types of disabilities. We have something that's called a sway fun that rocks back and forth and it it activates your vestibular system, which, uh, you know, some people don't have that, uh, don't have that ability to have that uh, sensory stimulation so uh our our um our sliding boards on the on the playground are a little bit higher so it's easy to transfer from a wheelchair onto the sliding board so there are a bunch of different features that speak to different disabilities and as part of the build jake's place uh nonprofit, we operate the camden county new jersey miracle league that is a baseball league for children and adults with disabilities uh, to play baseball. And uh, we didn't play at all in 2020 because of the pandemic, uh, but we are hoping to get back uh, to playing um, hopefully in, in the fall. We're not, we're optimistic for the, we're hopeful for the spring, but you know, we're looking forward to definitely in the fall uh, getting back to playing here in 2021. Uh, but the, the baseball league is great because it uh, it allows children and adults with disabilities to play baseball. But at the same time, or I should say, and at the same time, it partners each player with a buddy who does not have a disability to yeah to help them uh, navigate the bases, bat the ball, uh, get the ball when they're in the outfield, and it's it's a great collaboration between people with and without disabilities working together, literally working together to make this game happen. What a fun memory that must be for, well, for all of those players. I mean, you know, I'm sure that um, both sides, disabled and non-disabled, take great memories from from that kind of an experience. And they really do. And one of the great things that... um, that I'm grateful for is that we have a great uh, majority of our volunteers are high school students. And that's really great because, again, going back to the story with my nephew, 
this allows these students now helping out with this baseball league to have an experience with someone with a disability and multiple people with multiple types of disabilities. So it's really, um, it's really great to see this come together. And uh, we usually play for uh, eight weeks in the spring and six weeks in the fall every Saturday morning. So, you know, and I, I tell them all the time, like, I don't believe you're here after you, you know, they, they come after they take their SATs in the morning. And I'm like, you can go home <laughs> and sleep. <laughs> you can relax. We know you it's can, been a rough day. Right. We'll be here next week. And they're like, no, no, I enjoy it. And I'm, I'm dedicated to this. And I'm like, wow, that's really great. I don't know if I was that dedicated to anything when I was your age. but That's really cool. Yeah. So it, it really just shows, uh, you know, I, I always say that these students, these high school students can, uh, they have to have their volunteer hours to complete their high school uh, requirements. But they can do that just about anywhere. They can choose any nonprofit, they can choose any organization to go to. And the fact that they choose to come and work uh, with us and volunteer with us every Saturday morning and working with uh, people with disabilities, that says a whole lot. And it really is uh, very encouraging for me to see that happen uh, every week. <laughs> you know, I, I know high school students get a lot of flack, but um, I, I one of my side jobs, I guess, I'm a volunteer youth minister at my local church. And so I take on those middle school and high school kids. And I know they get a lot of flack for, for you know, it's a rough age, but they are some, there are some good kids. They are. And they, I mean, they have heart. They, a lot of hearts. So. They definitely do. And I, um, and we, we actually have um, some families that come out. We have, you know, the uh, student is in high school, but they bring their parents. And, and one of the families, uh, one of the families, it's uh, two sisters that were both in high school. One of them actually, they were in high school when they started. One of them just graduated college, which is crazy to wow. think about. Yeah. Um, but they brought their dad and their dad is one of our coaches. Oh, cool. For the league. So, you That's know, really cool. Yeah, and their mom comes and she helps out. And, and it's just really, it's great to see how this all just brings people together. And, um, you know, I think that's what the, it's real important uh, to mention there. Yeah. I, uh, before we end today, I was looking through your list of hobbies. I found somewhere, I don't know, Facebook or your website somewhere. And um, we have a couple of things in common. Oh, yeah. Right. So <laughs> I am a concert junkie. Oh, like, yay. That's what I miss most. Yes. <laughs> yes. I miss concerts. <laughs> and the other one is uh, Broadway plays. I love. Yes. Love, love, love Broadway plays. And um, apparently, I, I shared earlier, my daughter is, uh, she just turned 13. And she's pretty sure that is life. That's what she's going to do. She has plans now. She's, you know, this is where she's going to college on scholarship, she swears. And, and then she's going to New York for this. So this is kind of our life. But I want to know what, uh, what kind of concerts are we talking? What's been your favorite? Ah, okay. So um, (laughs) that's a great question. Uh, If you're like me, you're like, which genre? What are we talking about? Which one? (laughs) Um, I have to say, um, uh, I can't pick one. I'll give you a top three. And I'll tell you exactly why. So <laughs> um, I would have to say in my top three, and this is probably in no particular order, um, but maybe yeah, but there is, they were, yeah. but maybe there is, I don't know. <laughs> 
So um, Patti LaBelle is like my favorite, oh, awesome. all time favorite human being, actually. <laughs> she, so um, I, I went to a concert uh, 2006 in November and October. I lost two uh, very special people in my life of 2006. Um, my grandmother died in uh, November, on November 10th of, of 2006. My uncle on the other side of my family, he died uh, December, I believe it's December 10th of that year. So Patti LaBelle, in, in January of 2007, Patti LaBelle was going to be in North Jersey, like two hours from my house. And um, I was like, you know what? The last two months have been crazy. I'm going. Yeah. I don't I don't care how much these tickets are. I'm going. So I went up to see her in North Jersey. Uh, long story short, I met, ended up meeting the CEO of that Performing Arts Center. He got me backstage to meet Patti LaBelle. She <laughs> gave me, she gave me two dozen roses. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> and offered and offered to take me home. <laughs> she offered to she offered to drive me home. Yes, please. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's I, so cool. And I really thought about leaving my car there and coming to get it the next day. <laughs> it totally would have been <laughs> right. an acceptable thing to do. <laughs> so so that that that's um a top experience for sure. Had sure. a twenty had a twenty minute conversation with her, just she and I. Um, so th that's definitely in the top three. Another one was um, uh, seeing Stevie Wonder perform front row at Madison Square Garden. Wow. With my mom, it was um, my mom and I, our birthdays are one week apart. So we usually do something fun to celebrate our birthdays. And uh, we went to New York to see Stevie Wonder front row. And we were this close to meeting him. Uh <laughs> Wow. Because I just I just had the guts to ask his saxophone player because they the way they took us out of Madison Square Garden, we went through the backstage area and I saw his his uh his saxophone player and I'm like, Hey, um let me tell you no. Right. And my mom was like, Are you serious? So <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, so that and then um the third one I would have to say is seeing Billy Joel uh front row at Madison Square Garden on my birthday one year. Very cool. <laughs> so, and that was, that was fun. And um, the highlight of that concert was he was shaking everybody's hand uh, from the stage because they let us come up to like right in front of the stage. Pre-COVID days. <clears throat> yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but because I'm in my wheelchair, I'm a lot lower, sitting a lot lower than everybody standing. So he's reaching to reach out to grab my hand. And then we both decide like, this is not a good idea. Let's not... <laughs> Let's not have you fall. Billy Joel in your lap. Is <laughs> right. I was like, you know, thanks for trying, but let like, yeah, let's not, um, <laughs> let's not have that uh, happen. So, uh, yeah, that was a great experience I had with uh, my best friend. We went up to New York and uh, went to uh, to that concert on my birthday. So that was that was cool. <laughs> that is really cool. Those are those are those are pretty phenomenal yeah. stories to have. <laughs> what about the uh, the other side of that? Your Broadway plays. I mean, you're so close. Yes. To New York. I'm, yeah. I'm significantly jealous of that. So what's been, you know, best production? What have you seen? The best production, which I, um, I talked about on my podcast when I interviewed Ali Stroker. Uh, Ali Stroker is the first wheelchair user uh, to win a Tony Award for her performance in Oklahoma. And that show... 
I've, I've seen many, many great shows um, that I can name, but I think for me personally, that show and her performance specifically sticks out and will always stick out to me because she is a wheelchair user. And they incorporated her wheelchair use into the show so effortlessly. It was it was amazing. They did they were singing performance and uh, dancing and things, and the rest of the cast were stomping their feet. And she would be going doing wheelies and putting her wheels up and down to to make the same sound. And it was just it's like you saw her in her wheelchair, but then you didn't because it it just it kind of disappeared into the rest of the scene. And the fact that she was, um, her character was the object of two of the main characters' affection. And you never see that in, um, in shows where people with disabilities are uh, being pursued romantically. So I think, um, for me, that was a real, a real eye-opening experience for me just to say, like, hey, like, she, she really saw something, and, and as your daughter, you know, like, that you know, she has a vision of where she wants to go. And, and it really encouraged me. And I hope for the other people that saw her performance, it really encourages them to just, uh, you know, keep going for your goals. And, and I'm grateful that I was able to tell Allie that, like, it really sparked something in me to say, like, hey, I have to, you know, I have to do things to reach my goals. And like, I can, I can get there. And as you mentioned to me, um, expanding our view beyond you know, my region and beyond uh, the state of New Jersey is, uh, you know, definitely my mission, my goal. And uh, to just focus on that and really um, make it happen for myself, I think, is uh, one of the great things I learned just from seeing Allie in that uh, show of Oklahoma uh, back, well, that was 2019? <laughs> A couple of years now. Yeah. <laughs> I, when you see things like that, I think it, it's that reminder that, like, no excuses, you know? Absolutely. There, you can't let it hold you back. And we all have things, disabled, non-disabled, whatever. We all have things that will hold us back if we allow it to. And, and some people just have this drive. And, you know, I want to be one of those people that has that drive to just try to overcome. And, wow, what she's accomplished. And, and um, you know, now she's doing, she has a one-woman one show. I almost said a one-man show. A one-woman show now, right? Is that... Yeah, so she yeah. she did. Um, <laughs> that was one of the very last things that I did before uh, the world shut down yes. in, in March of 2020. Uh, she had a one woman show that she did in uh, in New York City at Lincoln Center, and it, it was it was incredible. It was just uh, it was just her. <laughs> she had a, a small band, and uh, she performed uh, for a little over an hour, and. Um, she had planned to take that show on the road in 2020, but then she couldn't. Uh, so hopefully she'll be uh, doing that, uh, you know, this year or, or in some years to come. Um, but yeah, it's, future. yes, yes. So it's really uh, just seeing, I, I always talk about not seeing people who look like me, you know, and Allie, Allie doesn't look like me. I mean, she's... <laughs> <laughs> She, she's a she's a woman. No she's Caucasian. <laughs> she has blonde hair, so she doesn't look like me. But uh, as far as someone with a disability, 
and our diagnosis are different where I was born with my disability. She was in a uh, car accident and acquired her disability at the age of two, I believe. Um, so it's really it's what she, lifelong yeah, for her. Then. Yeah. So it, it has been, um, you know, a lifelong, uh, journey for her as well with with her uh, injury but to see her and to see her going for her goals and as we talked about in, in the episode I did with her taking on New York City as a wheelchair user no kidding that's impressive in itself like <laughs> <laughs> you deserve a Tony just for yes, that yes and I I yeah. love New York City I can get there I can be there in two hours uh, on the train and I love it I, I go you know I would go as often as I, I could but, um, you know, to, to actually live there and to take it on, like, head on, full, you know, every day, uh, you know, that's something that inspired me as well with, with her. And, um, you know, so it's really, uh, really great to see. It was really great to see her on stage and uh, knowing that she was performing seven or eight times a week in front of all these people. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it just really... Uh, but yeah, that that was one of the one of the best shows that I've seen. And then of course, um, the Lion King. I did see that once, and that yes, we love the Lion King. Yeah, so that was you know that was a very good performance as well that uh, that I absolutely loved. And the color purple on Broadway. It's yeah, I've. <laughs> so I live in Kansas, about an hour north of Tulsa. So we only get to see the shows when they travel through. Although my daughter is begging for like a summer vacation in New York City, so we can just like make the you know yeah. make the rounds up there but um so you know we've seen we've had if it doesn't come to kansas city or tulsa or oklahoma city those are kind of our big right you know our big places but so i we did go see the lion king i took her a few years ago now and she just was in awe and that might have been my downfall of her saying that she's going to to new york city someday that's where it all she, started i think it was she's all about it but um, you know, right now we're, we were supposed to go see Dear Evan Hansen and it got canceled oh, yeah. on its way through. And so she was pretty bummed about that one. And, you know, there are a few that she's, uh, wicked and, and a few others that we just, we love, but they, they come through. So we have to wait for them to come through. But I, I, for some reason, Allie's one woman show was on my radar, um, but maybe it was because she was thinking about touring with it and yes. was kind of looking at it. So maybe that's why it was. Yeah. But so, but that's really cool uh, that you got to chat with her yes. and, and just have a conversation about all of it. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, it was, it was a great, um, it was great. And all of the interviews that I've done on my podcast, they've been fun. And, um, and you know, as you said, the last year has been, uh, eye-opening and uh, a great learning experience for us all and it's really has been uh, you know it was it was a, a rough time for a lot of people and then it was you know it, it was rough but also there were some great things to come out of it as well and uh, the podcast that I that I created just uh, was definitely one of them and connecting with the different people who you know, who knows if I would have ever been able to connect with people if they were doing their busy lives and living, uh, living their lives and, and with their engagements and things that they have uh, on their calendar. So uh, I think that I know for sure that <laughs> the way that everything slowed down for everyone uh, allowed me to have those opportunities. Really cool. Very cool. So tell us where people can find you. 
So um, I am on uh, Instagram and Twitter and uh, YouTube, and you can search for Our View for Life, O-U-R-V-I-E-W, the number four, L-I-F-E. And uh, it's the Our View podcast, O-U-R-V-I-E-W. It's on everywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I also do a video uh, version on the uh, YouTube channel as well. And um, yeah, so uh, this is fun. (laughs) I'll make sure to link all of those places for you guys in the show notes. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much, Arthur. We really appreciate talking with you. I'm very excited about this and I'm excited to see where you're going with it. Oh, thank you so much. I had a great time and I appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk with me. (laughs) For sure. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. All right.